Welcome to the GNA Podcast, where we have our buddies get high and forget to hit the record button until after the show is done. No, I didn't forget to hit the record button after. I just hit it too many times before. <laughs> oh, man. That's how high I was. <laughs> well, you heard him. We got an article joining us tonight, Arkel. How you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself? Oh, I am fan friggin tastic. It is Friday. I do not have to be at work. Hoorah. Right. Next week, Fourth of July. Eh? Eh? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we got uh, we got Koa tonight. How you feeling, man? Doing good. Formerly uh, potassium hydroxide. Yeah, yeah. I'm super tired. I went uh, river rafting Tuesday this week down nice. at the, uh, the James. How was it? It was it was good. It was pretty casual. It was a uh, I don't know, call them categories like a, a category two to three maybe um, rapids at best. So it wasn't super intense or anything like that. How high does that scale go up? Uh, to six. Okay. Six being like the the guide equated to like going down Niagara Falls. So oh, I don't okay. know how true that is to the scale, but that's, I was gonna say that as a joke, but if that's really what they use as a scale, okay. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. And Dee's joining us tonight from Microbrew Gamers. How you doing, Dee? Doing all right. It's Friday, man. Finally, yes. finally made it. And we got Damoc. Damoc, how you feeling, guy? Uh, this squirt gun is pretty awesome, man. You guys gotta try this. Jesus Christ, you did not buy wet girls. Please tell me you did not buy wet girls. <laughs> no, it's in my cart, though. I might. <laughs> I'm telling you, we've got a gag. We gotta get together after the show, and we gotta make that happen. And I'm Cecil Xavier, your host. I don't really have anything else to fucking say, other than, what is everybody drinking? Damoc, what are you drinking, man? Uh, I have Flying Dog The Truth, Imperial IPA. Don't ask me how it tastes. I just drink it and get drunk. It's, uh, 8.7%. I'm like three in. You, uh, you brought some of those. Didn't you and Selkie bring some of those down during D&D? Yeah, we brought that and then the Double Dog. And I think I still have a couple of, I think I still have a Truth. And I think I still have some Double Dog in here, too. It seemed people actually went right after it. I like the Double Dog. No, no, I, I enjoyed them both. I thought the uh, thought the double dog definitely had a bit more of a, a hit to it, and the truth was definitely a bit smoother. The truth was definitely more hoppy, I thought, than double dog, but both of them were really delicious. Yeah, um, I don't know, dude. I'm kind of worried about myself because I drank the double dog and was like, oh, I can down this beer quick. Oh, I can down a second one. It had no bite or anything. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you're later going, I'm inebriated, and I don't quite understand why. What about you, Mpty? What are you drinking? I'm actually drinking something new. Um, yesterday, the wife took the kids to the Boston Aquarium, and there turned out to be a family-friendly brewery plus restaurant there. It's called mm-hmm. the Hopsters Brewing Company. And she picked me up something called uh, the, new- uh, the Newtonian. Now, it's an Imperial IPA, so it's a New England Imperial IPA double dry hopped, uh, and it has, uh, and it also says it's juice bomb, so it has mango and pineapple juice as well. It's 8.4 ABV, and it's pretty good. Um, at first, on the attack, you get hit with some bitterness right off the bat, and as it goes down, you actually kind of taste, you taste and smell that mango pineapple. Ooh. I think this is one you would, would dig, Cecil. It's a little, it's, it's definitely on the bitter side. So it's called Newtonian. Yep. But it's not a cider. I was kind of expecting some sort of apple flavor right? in there myself. Swing, swing and a miss. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe if 
Newton lived in Africa, it would have been a mango? I'm, I'm, I'm stabbing. I don't know. What about you, Article? What are you partaking in, good sir? I've made the unfortunate mistake of smoking like half a bowl before this started. Uh, was just going to sit back on my couch and play video games. I changed those plans. <laughs> yeah, so I'm smoking this stuff called sour grapes, and it's fantastic. It smells... Remember... <laughs> this is going to sound weird. Remember um, how, like, hamsters or... Uh, what the hell did we have? Guinea pigs. There we go. Remember how, like, guinea pigs' cages kind of smell sometimes? Like that weird mix of, like, sawdust. And yeah, like sawdust and hamster gerb- urine. And, yeah, and gerbil and dirt. poop, yeah. Um, that's kind of how it smells. It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, it smells like a hamster cage, but man, do you get high. Yeah, so I'm smoking a hamster cage, and it's all right. <laughs> Not as bad as you would think. I mean, I, you know what? I don't know whether I love the names of the weed that you bring to this show or the descriptions or just afterwards how like you'll be there and then all of a sudden you're gone for about 10 minutes and then you jump back in. It's like, <laughs> like oh, you're, you're talking back 10 minutes ago. It's like, holy shit, you're back. Yeah, my brain is fucking retarded. I don't know <laughs> what's quite wrong with it, but like the lobes are all like kinked, I think, like hoses. <laughs> <laughs> What about you, Cole? You, you partake in anything this evening? I got a oldie but goodie, the Golden Monkey Belgian style triple. Oh yeah, yeah. Can now, do you find set? those as like hard hitting? Like in terms of like flavor, or yeah, just kind of like just just all around uh, f- flavor, alcohol smack. No, not really. It, it's smooth. It, it, it tastes great. I don't know, like, like, like uh, a nice sweetness to it almost when I when I. Uh, I get them. Yeah, it's so weird because when I had that one golden monkey in the tall bottle, mm-hmm. it, it like had almost no hit to it whatsoever. It was like, wow, this is really great. It's it's kind of almost floral. It's got a, got a, got a lot of sweetness to it. But then when I went, I got a little bottle, mm-hmm. and I started drinking that. And I'm like, oh my god, this this just tastes like alcohol. Like there's 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 definitely booze in this. Holy shit. Yeah, I mean they're they're. What, like nine point eight percent alcohol to begin with, like in the six packs. But I've never seen a, a forty ounce uh, bottle ever, so it's surprising that you see to see you you found one like that. Yeah, Damon came over. I think we were drinking it, or maybe I brought it over to him. I can't remember. But man, this stuff is good. I love it. <laughs> it's my go-to. No, it's it's definitely nice. Well, I'm I am, I'm being totally lame tonight. I am uh, I am uh, I am drinking an ale, but it happens to be ginger ale. Yeah, I used to love ginger ale, but I, I can't drink it anymore. Oh, there's got to like, be a story for this. Well, no, I just have, it's weird. I get like the exact opposite. Most people will be like, oh, is your stomach upset? Here, have some ginger ale, you know? Um, that's like, I don't know if that's a real thing or just maybe like an old wives' tale or something, but. No, no, ginger settles the stomach. It does the exact opposite thing to me. Like, every time I drink ginger, ginger ale, within, like, 30 minutes, I want to die. <laughs> I don't understand what? it, but that happens, so that's just something about me. Now you know. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know how that works out, because, like, I, literally, yeah. ginger is a... Uh, yeah, you, that's what I'm saying. You'd think it pisses me off, too, man. I love ginger ale. <laughs> oh, man. Well, what the fuck is that, D? I found a game on Steam. 
dodging fake news of Donald Trump. So oh I my god. <laughs> Quality. I can't resist. I kind of want it. How much is it? Um, it's a dollar nineteen. Worth it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> I figured any of our uh, friends on Steam that absolutely hate him, we should send that to him. No, fuck it. We should. We should send that to everybody, not just people who hate him. People who love him too. Just here, fucking. You get what it. These... You get it. You should send it to your dad. What do these little oh, blocks Jesus. say? I'm trying to see what the, the blocks say in the screenshot. Oh, it says stuff crook, like bigot, cheat, arrogant. crap like that. Yeah. Oh, stupid. Yeah, I, I... I don't even know if my dad knows how to use a computer any longer to play video games. Because I okay, so I sent him. We used to play this old old game called Silent Service. In fact, you can find Silent Service Two on Steam. We used to play it like religiously forever ago, and then we moved up to uh, it was Aces of the Aces of the Deep, and then a, well, something called a Pacific one. I forget what it was, but they're all submarine simulation games. I found Silent Hill 2 on Steam, and I sent it to him like, hey, you got to go check this out. I sent it to him probably three years ago, showed, physically walked him to his computer, showed him the email, and showed him in the instructions on how to install Steam. He has yet to do it. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Damoc, really? All right, so how do I hide games on Steam so a lot of people can't see my game library? Not telling you. <laughs> nope. You're going to have to Google that bitch. And before he gifts us all the all these games. And before he does, I'm already taking a snapshot of his profile. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, now we lost Amok. We're just going to be hearing a fapping sound from, from here on out. <laughs> and then, of course, there's going to be a fatality as he forgets to eat or drink. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Well, so the actual topic for tonight, D&D games. Everybody's played them. Everybody knows them. Everybody loves them. Um, so if it wasn't already known, I've, I've started up playing D&D again. I'm actually DMing. And it's working, working out pretty well. I'm, I'm actually surprised on how, how easy it is to kind of get back in. I'm still, I'm still learning, learning the ropes. And that's the fun part, I think. Um but D&D has come across, like, there has been so much D&D fiction. Like, well, fuck, D how long has D&D been around? Oof. 60s? Since 70s? the 70s. I mean, yeah. I, was just, I, was just saying, I know 70s at least. I thought it was years. early 70s. Because what did it start out as? A board game. It was a board game, right? Mm-hmm. The very first one was an actual, instead of the uh, tabletop, everybody buys a book, it was literally a board game. Jesus Christ, I'm looking up when was D&D released, and uh, yeah, I'm getting like some fucking artists and shit. 1974, <laughs> that's when it came out. Oh, here we go, hold on, hold on. Uh, it was derived from a miniature war game with a variation of the 1971 game called Chainmail. Holy shit, I've never heard of Chainmail. Chainmail is a medieval war game created by Gary, oh Christ, I'm going to mash that name up. Gygax. Gygax? Gygax. Yeah, whatever. Uh, and Don't mess up Gary Gygax's name. <laughs> Gygax developed the core medieval system of the game by expanding on the rules authored by the fellow Lake Geneva Tactical Studios Association. All right. Cool. Yeah, 74 was the original. Mm -hmm. The first basic set came out in 77. And that was Advanced Dungeons & Dragons. Holy crap. The elaborate D&D &D game progress. Oh, what the hell is this? Oh, this is like fucking... So this is what I love about D&D, &D, where they start getting miniatures and shit involved, and they start creating rooms. Like, if I had a 3D printer, that's the type of shit that would happen, and I would go broke because of it. 
So, you know, God, God's creating his game. And uh, when we're finally finished playtesting this and, and making sure everything's working, uh, I got my specific figure set up. I found this really awesome mi- miniatures company uh, the other night, and it has amazing like Minotaur uh, figures. Let's see if I can find Oh, them. I thought you were talking about that Soul Forge place online where you can create your own. Uh, no, hold on. Let me find what these... This is called... It's, um, actually, it's right here. It's from... Twisting Catacombs. But like, check out their miniatures. Dude, these are the most detailed things I've ever seen in terms of miniatures. I'll make a bunch of uh, miniatures of, of nude anime girls. Oh, no, no. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Link it up, man. You got recordings, chat there. Link it up. Uh, one moment. Oh, that's their Kickstarter. Ah, you make me wait. Ah. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's, let's go down this route because... You know, I know when the first time I played D&D was, but what's your first memory of playing Dungeons & Dragons? Just go down the, let's just go right down that list there. And uh, Koa, what's, what's, your, what's your first memory of D&D? You know, honestly, uh, I, didn't, I didn't particularly play until I met you all at work, and uh, we did the first game. I, I've been more of an avid listener of various people on YouTube, um, so... When we did our first campaign, and we had a barge, uh, a warlock, a dwarven fighter, a priest. Oh, uh, that was that was a crazy campaign. We all hated each other. I think we were like opposite sides in terms of like every alignment. Was that the Great Meepo? That was the Great Meepo massacre. <laughs> yeah, poor Meepo. He didn't stand a chance. Oh, that poor, that poor, poor bastard. It was a cabal, right? Or a yeah, cabal or whatever? Yeah. <laughs> Head blown to shreds by our priest. <laughs> I just can't take genocide. Boom! What? <laughs> you just killed the guide. <laughs> so that was my... Savage. That was my first major campaign. Uh, I, I dabbled in... Um, what's the alternative called? I should know this. Uh, there's Pathfinder. Pathfinder, thank you, yeah. Yeah, I dabbled in Pathfinder a little bit as well. Yeah, there are a ton of role-playing games that have been around for mm-hmm. forever. What about you, Damoc? Um, I played D&D back in the army randomly with God and a couple other buddies from my unit. It was interesting. It took me a while to get over the wake-me-up-for-combat because the rest of this is boring. But it got to be a lot of fun until we let a certain buddy from my unit play a, a really fucked up character that did really, really terrible things. Well, now, now that you make it, you actually you, you hit on something there that uh, that I think I don't want to say plagued, but uh, has always been a, a a running theme in Dungeons and Dragons games: combat. Like everybody, everybody gets into combat. You know, like that's that's like the one thing, and you even you even said it right there. Wake me up for combat. Uh, what what got you? Like, okay, here's an honest question: Are you past that point yet? Like, have you gotten to the point where you're interested in the other things that are happening, or are you still at the at that point of well, I'm really just trying to get to the combat. Combat's a lot more boring now that I've gotten past it. I know that combat is essential and it's part of the gameplay, but actually diving in and trying to develop a story further along and 
seek out key characters to get key information so that I can bypass as much of the combat, go straight to the boss or whatever I can do, and just, you know, rape face from there, then go back, complete the quest, and go to another one. Uh, my biggest thing now is I've never really played a character past level 5. All of our campaigns have kind of cut us off and we changed campaigns too many times back in the army and yeah i, I mean i, I want to develop a character and have a good storyline to follow the combat is meh I can, I can totally understand that so you haven't actually gotten to any of the real advanced combat yet like level 10 plus combat stuff where it gets really crazy uh, you keep cutting in and out for me but i imagine you said i haven't gotten to like level 10 plus combat no I have not gotten past level 4, level 5 combat. I think maybe one time we got to level 6, leveled up our characters, got everything good, and then somebody else in the group wanted to DM his own custom campaign that he was running, and then it went to Craigslist to find a DM so that everybody could be players instead of one person always DMing, and yeah, it just got weird. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of how it happens with me, like, a lot of times. We we do campaigns, but it, like, it'd always be, like, those um, pre-made campaigns from Wizards of the Coast. And we'd always do, like, one through five, and or six, whatever. And then we'd reset and do a new campaign, and that character's, you know, put onto the, uh, on the sideboard for a future time. But we never go back to it. I remember when campaigns were written by D&D and not Wizards of the Coast. <laughs> What about you, D? What's your earliest memories of playing D&D? And you know what, I say D&D, but let's, let's just open that up to role-playing games in general. I'll go with the D&D because um, the first time I ever played with D&D was actually with a family member. Uh, Show us on the doll where the bad man touched you. <laughs> nope. Uh, at the time, it was before my aunt got married to her now husband, and my now uncle. It was his brother. Uh, he, it was pretty funny. He was the DM, and he was actually a bodybuilder, so the guy was big. So you didn't argue with him, but he was a fantastic... He's been, uh, he'd been DMing at the time for like 20 plus years, and he collected the D&D stuff, so he had, I think, a full collection at the time of every guide, every book, every add-on, every fit minifigure, and he was really skilled at storytelling. Um, so we played a really good game. I got to meet all of them, and you know, for the next... When I was in Connecticut for the summer, I went and played D&D with them, and we went through a campaign, which was awesome, and... Uh, Ended in a full-scale, like, battle, like, war, where they had, you know, where we're part of it, but it had a full, we got to even do the uh, full-scale war uh, portion of it, that part of the combat, which is pretty awesome. Oh, that must have been freaking nuts. And not only that, he had all the figures for it, too, and the huge table. Man, so that must was, have been crazy. It, it was so skilled that it was so epic, and I loved D&D ever since then. What about you, Article? You played D&D? I have once. Oh, I gotta hear this. Um, no, it was good. It was good. Uh, I've, I've, I've looked to play again, but I never really find groups of people to hang out with anyway. So, <laughs> um, no, I played as a, what is that? That anthropomorphized crow, uh, that species or whatever. Cause I, I created a character and everything. And I remember this It's because I, I wanted to make my character just like dumb, you know? And so Anthropomorphized, so, which uh, like the Kenku race? or whatever. Okay. The crow guys. You know what I'm saying? Um, I have no clue, but I'm looking it up now. That, that I, might be I, one I of those extended what, player book what, things. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know what series of D and D it was. Like, like, I don't know nearly enough about it to even try to guess. Um, 
but like my the attribute like some of my characters attributes were like i was very good at solving puzzles you know because i'm a pro uh but like my major weaknesses were mirrors scarecrows and windows so <laughs> so pretty much everything that pisses off a bird yeah yeah that's what i i just wound up being amusing because anytime there was like a a battle where there was like loot at the end of it it would be like a 10 minute fiasco of me like attacking you know a polished you know gold plate or whatever just stupid shit but it was funny tengu yeah whatever they're called i don't know i don't remember yeah tengu are crow people that live high in the mountains of the hidden treetop villages Tengu are a little fast. Jeez, I don't remember these guys. This is kind of in my the time when I started playing. It was three point five. Yeah, I don't know. I guess uh, the the friend of mine I played with was uh, he's into that all, all that stuff. He's he's like super super nerd when it comes to that stuff. Not as like a not as a negative thing, obviously. Uh, but he knows like I don't even know just random stuff. Really, he's turned me on to a lot of. Uh, just cool things in general. I think he actually turned me on to Mass Effect, if I remember correctly. Oh man, incredible. great game! They actually, uh, I was reading, I was reading up. Somebody had made a homebrew of Mass Effect of uh, of a mass of Mass Effect world in the D anD D rule set. If that makes any sense. Mm. Yeah, that would be some. I would play that all day, every day. And yeah, I was just trying to end it differently. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it wouldn't be one of those three fucking endings either. Yeah, no. Well, man, there's been a there's been a shit ton of games out there, and you know what? Like, the thing that I love about D and D, or just the mainstream stuff, I'll say, you know, Dungeons and Dragons, Middle Earth role playing, World of Darkness, is that there's there's not only you know the main books that you get from White Wolf or Wizards of the Coast, but you also have all of this fiction that happens around it, like the Dragonlance books. Yeah, I love them. I used to collect and read those. Uh, yeah, having all the books on top of it was just great. Especially the uh, old Elementster series, too. Yeah, there was just so much fiction around the actual world that was created. And then you could, you know, you could use that fiction and meld it into whatever story you're trying to tell. And that was always the big... Like, I like being a player. I do. And I say I like being a player more than I like DMing. But honestly, I think I like DMing more than I like being a player, only because you get to like it's like it's like reading a book, only you're witnessing it happen. So yeah. when you get a really great group going, they get some weird shit happening, and it just you know that just hap- that just becomes the story. Oh wait a minute! Your own I adventure. just remember I just remembered that the first time I ever actually played D anD D was with you guys. I was gonna say we did play D anD D a couple times. It was. I was real young, though. I just remember this. The reason I remember this is because there was a moment where D had decided to shut himself in a uh, uh, what the heck was it? A refrigerator, like a deep freezer. But then it like somehow during the fray it like rolled over and he got like locked inside of it. But he had a shotgun and he decided to use the shotgun to like blow a hole through one of the ends of the refrigerator to try and get out of it. And I just remember you were just laughing because it's like, great, now you're fucking deaf. You know, like. <laughs> that yeah, is one what, of your, what happened. That's, yeah, that was one of your, what, your, um, your kind of, your D&D styled uh, game you made with Resident Evil styled stuff. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah, was yeah, a custom the, uh, thing. And, yeah, yeah I, I almost, I, 
fucking almost completely forgot about that. I, you know what? I, I think that one was when you were on. I think that one was on the ship. I think that was your all going to rot in Davy Jones's locker. Yeah, that sounds familiar. Oh no! Yeah, wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait, 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 wait! No, no, no there was the pr- there was also the prison island too. No, I th- actually, you know what? Now that you're saying, that, I think that's when you guys went into the kitchen and you were being chased by that tyrant motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, it was on the uh, yeah. The oh yeah, yeah, something like that. Something, yeah, yeah obviously trying to hide from something. Yeah. And that was like, that, and that's one of the cool. That's one of the fun things. Once you kind of get the hang of just playing a role playing game, and you get the you get the hang of the mechanics and stuff like that. Then you can start spinning your own tails, and that's uh like that. You're you're all gonna rot in prison, man. I I I wish I could find all the assets I had for that because mm-hmm. I mean, well, shit. If anybody's played a game with me where I built something out or where I I I prepared for it, you realize that I do about you know fifty hours per, of preparing for a two hour session. But we had so many assets for that game, and they were oh man, that was just so much fun. As, as you all know, uh, I'm, I'm excellent at hiding and, and definitely hit those natural 20s. <laughs> You're oh, now man. locked. You're now deaf. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? You didn't hit those those natural 20s as well as friggin' uh, Zyberblood did. No, no, it was a joke, as in I, I'm doing poorly. Oh, oh yeah. It was yeah. sarcasm. <laughs> oh, sorry. I totally didn't. I totally missed that. No, but Children. talking about natural 20s, fucking... Okay, so you're all going to rot in prison. His character, Zyberblood's character, literally gets infected in the first 20 minutes of the first night of playing. Like, you guys make it out of the prison cells, you walk into the hallway, fucker gets bitten, fucker is infected. Like, we rolled and we're like, oh shit, okay, he's infected, alright. So we started playing off, like, all the symptoms that he was getting. And we're like, alright. So we actually gave a way out, so they're like, well, we can't just, like kill him kill him we gotta like give him a chance to make it out of this even if it's a minute chance so they found the what the hell was it the the and i do the air quotes cure for this thing they injected it to him all it was is like you know it was like epinephrine and viagra you know just basically gave him a boner and, and got him going so he could keep playing the rest of the game and then we're like all right this is where we're gonna kill him the ending scene we're like this is where he dies right now fucker rolls two 20s in a row <laughs> so, Daymok, remember how you were just, like, rolling, rolling 20 after 20? Yep, I got three 20s in a row, and I'm going to roll ones for the rest of that game. <laughs> well, that was Zyber, dude. We're like, all right, man, you got to roll a 20 if you're even thinking about that you're going to hit this boat. He rolls a 20, and we're like, all right, you got to confirm that, because this is really far away. He rolls another fucking 20. Then, I think it was, who the hell was it? Oh, no, it was, it was, uh, it was Putz. Putz, Gene the Machine Dudley in the friggin' motorboat. Like, all right, dude, you gotta roll to see if you catch him because he's fucking running like the Flash right now and doing this Sarge jump. And he fucking rolled a 20 and caught him. We made it a DC-19. Fucker rolls a 20. Zyberblood, his character was named Sarge, jumped fucking a stupid long way onto the boat as everything's blowing up behind him. And he survives. And we're like, well, shit, now we got this infected character. We got to figure out what to do in the next game. <laughs> that's what that's that's like one of the cool things I just fucking love about it is is just those stories that just start happening. Yeah, definitely. Like, well, take like Meepo getting his head blown off. I'm pretty sure nobody really expected that one to happen. Yeah. Out for Meepo. <laughs> yeah, Meepo figured that was happening. Oh, I just had a bad mental image in my head. You know, you blow the head off and the windpipe's left? Well, uh, hmm, that's a hole. Oh, well, hey, you know, anything's a dildo if you're brave enough. 
Anything's a pocket pussy if you're brave enough. <laughs> All right. So, what's the here's the question. What's the best story you can think of from a role-playing session that you played? Who's got one? Uh, alright. So, when we resorted to Craigslist and got this DM, dude's name was Mo. Dude was fucking awesome. Best DM I've had any chance to ever play with. We played several sessions. The game story was a little fuzzy, but we all came together. We were just on our way to our first quest to do things. We had been fucking around in the town and, you know, a couple little things. And then he wanted to give us um, uh, just something to look forward to for, like, the end of the game. So he flew a dragon over us. Well, being the assholes that we are, we could kill a dragon, right? No. No, we can't. But yeah, let's, let's fucking do this. So we attacked this dragon. I don't remember if it's whatever color dragon it was, but we do all this. Everybody is rolling stupid awesome. Well, Mo has a girlfriend, and his girlfriend decided that she's our healer. She doesn't want to fight a dragon and that we're all a bunch of fucking idiots, and she wants to go and do this lame-ass quest. Um, So we just leave her there, and she does nothing. Me, being relatively sensible, I'm playing a ranger, I'm just firing arrows up at this wonderful dragon, and everybody else is, like, getting up there and climbing on it and attacking it and beating it to death, and I'm missing with arrow after arrow, doing nothing. They finally get to the spot where they need me to come up there, I get up there, I make some good shots, everybody except for me and his girlfriend die. And there's still, to this day, a lot of dispute and a lot of anger over whether or not I get all the experience for killing the dragon, because I did. I landed the fatal blow, and everybody else is dead. Or if somehow she was going to jump in and, um, yeah, save them at the last minute, which she didn't, and then they would all split the experience. Well, did she bring them back, or? Uh, no, she went to... We kind of wandered off a little bit, and he said, okay, that was awesome, and then we quit for the day, we came back, and I'm like, well, let's figure something else out, and that can't have happened, so yeah. Then we ended up trying to wander into a cave, and she played this gigantic-ass character, and she refused to, like, crouch down to crawl through this thing because it would fuck with her movement speed, and... Then we made her cry, like in real life. It, it got really, really bad. My buddy Brandon's an asshole, but I love him so much. <laughs> we forcibly shrunk her character and then kept shrinking her character and then stuffed her in one of the dude's ball sacks and just kind of yeah, kept walking. And, you know, her boyfriend's a DM, so she got really upset. And then Brandon starts bringing up her real life weight and. Uh, yeah, it, it got pretty bad. She ended up, like, bawling and then running out of the room. Mental note, if I ever meet any of your old friends, do not let them play D&D. Actually, got it. you'll have a great time if you want to be with the party. If you want to separate and do your own thing and be all snotty about things, then fuck you. Uh, Fluffy's either going to rape you or tear your arms off and then rape you. Uh, Brandon's going to make you cry in real life. 
then God is going to sit there with his hands on his face, quietly sobbing into them because the game is going disastrous. <laughs> uh, I got my buddy Jones that will just play the little hobgoblin thing and jump in Brandon's backpack and whisper into his ear to tell him to do more horrible things to people. It gets pretty fucking fun, and I just kind of stand there and shoot things in the ass with arrows. <laughs> I like playing the uh, a really assholish gnome illusionist that would fuck with the townsfolk. A gnome illusionist? Oh, there, is there yep. a story behind this? Yeah, when I was in the army, I played with uh, my buddies, and this is at Fort Hood, and I decided to make a, a gnome illusionist. I named him Rumpelstiltskin. And he was just a devious little shit. I, I, we we kind of played like loose with the uh, alignment, so I was kind of chaotic neutral, so i do whatever the f- I wanted. Uh, and I would just, in the background, I wouldn't do it like right blatant in front of everybody, but I would start playing with illusions and messing with some people and cause, you know, and you know they'd be like, what's going on? I'd be like, I don't know. I would just kind of fuck with everybody in the background. Then I had like, I got a hold of, what was it, like a, um, uh, like a staff of levitation or something like that. And I also had a device that actually caused temporary insanity. One of those, like, a co- I got a hold of a couple magic artifacts because I just rolled unfrickin' believably lucky. So you had this little asshole gnome illusionist that had, it was a staff of insanity and something that would help, like, hit, let him levitate stuff. So I was just fucking with townsfolk every time we went into a town. Had an entire town in a riot. That, that, that campaign did not go smoothly. <laughs> God, that reminds me of uh, I think Dave Mac. I think it was you. wasn't uh, Wasn't there a thing where you guys like bought an inn and then fended off an army from it or something? Uh, oh, I remember that story. <laughs> oh man, God hates us so much. I swear. So we decide to do one of God's campaigns, and it's like my fifth or sixth campaign. Because, like I said, we only do the we change up so often because everybody wants to change characters, and I just wanted to play a fucking ranger but everybody's doing this craziness we decide to go into the town to learn the secret about something so we can go off on a quest we end up in a bar brandon's character has like some type of noble birth thing so he gets all that extra gold at the start um he ends up (sighs) fucking jones kills the innkeeper um then takes over his position i think he was like some rogue or some shit he kills the innkeeper. We take over from there. Then we get we kidnap women and put them in there to you know run a brothel and a bar and a tavern. And God is pissed at us, you know, this whole time. But he's allowing it to happen because that's what the players want. We end up getting so filthy fucking rich just from doing all this because it was in a relatively decent city. Uh, we end up hiring. It's like a hundred or something archers to sit on the roof of the building <laughs> and we were in some port town and we weren't going anywhere we hadn't done any of the initial quest we're just running this bar now and you know what it, it sounds like dude you guys were fucking politicians <laughs> oh, you didn't yeah. complete the main quest and you fucked everybody and got rich <laughs> oh pretty much man all we did was it was getting kind of boring, but we could buy all the gear that we wanted from the traveling merchants, and God was just so angry at us at the, you know, this was like five or six sessions in, he decides to send an entire armada against us to land in the port city to take it over, and we ended up fending it off, and won through that, and we completely forgot about the hundred archers that we purchased and put on the roof, and we still won. Jesus Christ. 
Yeah, and now you know why he doesn't like me when I play the game. See, yeah, now I know. Now I know why he just literally threw a bomb into the cell and killed us all. See, you could have. He could have fixed all of this and just summoned the Tarask at the end of it all. Just like I'm done with this. I'm going to just mutilate your entire team and your entire uh, business in, in one fell swoop. Tarask spawns no. from the worst from the skies. He didn't even have to go that extreme. All he'd have to do is. Make them go broke, ruin their business. Oh yeah, you guys got no. medieval bed bugs. That's it. People so, stop going. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. We ended up buying the town guard because we were so filthy rich. Um, so every time he would send people against us, we were paying the town guard to be our private assassins for a while. It, dude, this it's a fucked up story, man. We didn't do anything. I had very little involvement, and he still resents me because I was part of that campaign. <laughs> Oh, dude. Yeah, I uh, I can understand the frustration there. I've run a couple of campaigns that didn't work out so well. Um, the one I can vividly remember was a homebrew. It was actually the third installment. So You're All Gonna Rot in Prison was the first installment, and that went so fucking well. The second installment was You're All Gonna Rot in Davy Jones' Locker. And that went pretty well, but we kind of upped the ante in it. So instead of, like, you were just fighting zombies in the first one with, like, one big boss guy that you were really just running from, you never actually fought because he just would wreck your world. Um, in the second one, we actually made it that you had this big fucking huge monster that you were fighting throughout the ship as you were trying to get out. And then the third one was supposed to be, all right, well, you guys have been playing prisoners this whole time or just peons and shit like that. We're going to make you guys really fucking overleveled master tacticians, a fucking SWAT team going into this town. And they all played like they were prisoners. In fact, every single one of them ended up dying. I think they ended up dying finally from monkeys throwing flaming poo. I think one person made it out alive and literally the general sort of like just looked down at him and just said, yeah, you fucked up and blew his brains out. It was zombie monkeys. It was zombie monkeys, yeah. Yeah, and I freak. I think was it Shitsu that survived? I think it was. I think it was Shinzu. Yeah, my character died. <laughs> oh yeah, every, everybody fucking died. Like literally everybody died. It would yeah, it was his character because he had a DS in his hand that he used as a hacking tool because he was dead set on having that tool at the beginning of the game. He's like, yeah, yeah, I, w- I want to have like a a gaming system, but it's a hacking tool, so it's got wireless and all this stuff. Yeah, sure, fuck it, whatever. Yeah, you you got it. You're going to a town that literally has no electricity because it's been quarantined off, but fuck it. Yeah, go ahead. You can have that. And then literally, he had the tool in his hand. They get a, You guys get attacked by the first swarm of zombies. He drops it so he can draw his weapon. <laughs> oh, yeah, and it ended up... Uh, you guys found the VIP, I think, and you were in the sewers, finally, being chased by the monkeys. And it just... It was, uh, it was bad. It was just so bad. It went downhill so quick. Not to mention those monkeys were rolling really well. See, that's why I'm excited. You have all these, like, wonderful stories about playing D&D and shit just goes sideways, but people keep going through it. And all of my stories are, we either ignored absolutely everything because two people pretty much controlled the game and argued with God the entire time, or the other stories get very, very rapey and very awkward. (laughs) Yeah, I kind of, I, I try to, I don't know, like, I'm a, I'm a literal DM, so whenever I play, whenever I, like, like, well, for instance, the campaign that just went on the, the other night, right before, 
uh, right before God went to go drop that stone down the well, I asked, hey, okay, where are you guys? Where are you? Like, oh, we're still over at the wall. We're still over at the wall. All right, well, where are you guys? Well, we're, we're coming through the gate. Okay, where are you, God? Oh, I'm walking over to the well. All right, what are you doing at the well? Oh, I'm going to drop a stone down there. Okay. Two giant venomous snakes now come out, and they're gnawing on you. What the fuck? <laughs> and everybody's like, wait a minute, we're, we're, I'm right there. No, you're like 120 feet that way. No, I was right there. No, you said you were by the gate. <laughs> it turned out okay, though. He no, didn't it- get too hurt. It turned out great. It was a lot of fun. It was a little confusing to where the well was in position to where the fence was, and that's where people got a little meh. But I was figuring, fuck it, whatever, man. He kind of took off on his own anyways. I was guiding the two people without dark vision through the dark. Well, and that was kind of the point of it is, hey, guys, um, you're low-level characters. You're walking into an unknown area, and you're just poking around. Maybe you want to keep a little closer knit together in case some shit does go down. I'm pretty sure that message got put across pretty easily there. Oh yeah, no, it did, but people didn't pay attention, and yeah, I thought it was great though. Uh, I'm excited to see where it goes. Yeah, so you guys made it actually into the house, which was cool, and I think you left off in a library? Or a busted up library? Yeah, um... God got thrown into the library. I kind of blended in the shadows, and everybody else was kind of stuck in the hallway. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting, because that, ha- that house is... I mean, I, t- I told you guys what the house looked like outside. That house is huge. Yep, and I'm really hoping that this shapes up to be one of the more adventurous and story-bound games that I play. And I'm all for combat. I'm just I'm more for the story, and I like the way that you gave us more of a guided tour. Uh, almost like... When we, I don't even remember what the campaign was called for Meepo, but Meepo was kind of more, he would push us in the right direction, guided tour-ish. Yeah. Well, that's, so, like, that's, that was actually, uh, that was, so I started off the whole campaign with a little bit, trying to go immersive. You know, I said, okay, you guys are walking up to the, the guards, you guys are talking, all that stuff. But then when you got to the town... And I started seeing everybody going, well, I'm going over to do this. I'm going over to do that. All right, well, we're, we're now stopping the immersiveness because we're going to take too long trying to immersive role play each one of your own desires of what you're doing in this town. And we're just going to downshift this into, all right, well, this is generally what you're doing throughout the day. I honestly did not expect you guys to try to traipse all the way to that freaking haunted house in the middle of the fucking night. I mean, you had about an hour left of daylight. And you made it there just as the sun goes down. I, I honestly thought you guys were going to stick around in town because one of you guys was like, yeah, let's go in the daytime. I'm like, well, that's a smart idea. And then everybody's like, oh, let's go at night. I'm like, well, we won't be able to, we'll be able to see the lights then. Well, that is logical. You'll be able to see the lights. <laughs> it's like, white people, who, something haunted? Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you know what? That's ex- that, that is kind of apropos. I'm surprised somebody didn't run to the second floor right away. Oh shit, we're in a haunted house. Go to the second floor. Why? Because it's haunted. No, there's a there's a lot more story in that town. And as you guys, so I don't know if you, as you noticed, Daymok, like when you guys went into the tavern, I switched back from generalized gameplay to more immersive. Um, but there are there's a ton of stuff in that town. If you guys, when you guys get back to it, so don't uh, don't don't hesitate to start asking about what's in town and trying to explore it a bit more because there is a lot in town. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was trying to a little bit like, hey, what kind of jobs are around here? What kind of things can we fuck around with? 
let's gather more information. Everybody decided, let's go at night. There's going to be screaming and lights. Okay. Which I got to say, for for uh, angst-wise, that definitely did build up a bit of angst. Because you've got three... <laughs> that looks great, too. you got, what, three characters who can't see at night? <laughs> Not a single one of them decided to light up a torch. They're just grabbing hold of the people who could see at night. Yeah, yeah, you can guide me. You're going to fucking trip over a rock and crack your skull. No, man. It's, I, ho- it, I it's hope that haunted house has Legos. Oh, man. <laughs> I should fucking do that. I should put that into there somewhere. Oh, a Lego Legos? trap. Or at least, or at least like a... Uh, old tacks, um, like little like, tic-tac. What were they? They look- oh, jacks. Jacks, there you yeah, go. Little jacks. Or just playing a um, like a little short stool to trip over here and there. Was this fucking zombie Kevin McAllister? <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> no, I'll have to put glue on the floor first to make them take off their shoes, and then there's jacks. <gasps> ooh, ooh, that just made me hurt. The ideas. Don't give me more ideas, guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I've always found like so. There's there's actually a great question. I I, I and you know I'm, I'm actually going to answer it myself as soon as I ask it, but then I'll I'll ask you guys what. But what are your favorite like? What are your favorite DM styles? Like, I I've I've played with, oh Jesus, I I played with more DMs than I can count, um, and I definitely know that there are certain things that they do that I like, certain things that they do that I don't like. Um, probably one of my one of my favorite DMs was. Oh, Jesus. God, it was back in 89, 89 or 90. Um, it was a friend of mine named Jay Crash, and it was his older brother. Uh, his last, uh, his fucking first name, but his last name was Lorenzo. I always called him Lorenzo. I don't don't know why. Actually, I think I know why, because he went to the military. When he came back, everybody just called him Lorenzo. Anywho, a lot of um, drifting here. Well, we sat down, and uh, I, I had always talked about playing Dungeons & Dragons with people, and how I loved it, I just didn't really feel confident enough to be a DM. So uh, my friend Jay was like, "Well, I want to play this." I'm like, "Well, dude, I," I said, "I, I, we can try." I said, "But I really don't want to be, I don't want to be your first DM, and you hate this because I suck at it." Uh, and we were talking about it one day, and Lorenzo's like, "Well, why don't we play some Merp?" He's like, "I've, I've DM'd Merp plenty of times." So I'm like, "Okay, cool, let's do Merp." And of course, I'm not knowing what the hell Merp is at the time. He's just saying the word Merp, and I'm like, "Yeah, Merp, Merp, yeah." What's, what's that like a, like a fucking like a goblin or something? He's like, "No, Merp, Middle Earth role playing." Oh, all of a sudden, struck me like a fucking bolt of lightning. Why you just say that? <laughs> yeah, why the fuck didn't you say that? Why'd you have to freaking you know, make it an anagram? Or an, uh, an acronym, or whatever the fuck it is. Because that's what the military does. It turns everything in an acronym. Yeah. It's almost it's almost like a uh, form of herpes. It gets in you, and that's what you do when you inflict others. Well, we literally, so it, in, this, in this little game, all we did, we played for like two hours, and we created characters, uh, and we, we went to one town, we're at the town, got a job, you know, we went to the job board, looked at all the jobs that were posted, picked one and said, okay, we're going to go do this. And it involved going to, you know, talking to this one person and then going to the next town. So we went and we talked to the one person and it wasn't, um, he didn't play immersive role play. He didn't play the immersive style. He played the, uh, tell, tell, uh, your wife, I said, hi, D. Uh, he, he, he played the, um, kind of like Daymok, how you described it, the guided tour. 
you know, it's like, hey, this is this is what's going on. So what's the gist of what you're saying? And we kind of went back and forth that way for a bit. And then the thing that I liked about it is that once we got into the combat of it, he he got really descriptive and really detailed and he got really um, creative with it. So there's a cool thing in Merp that that isn't in D&D, which I really wish was, is there's a crit table. In in Merp, you when you when you roll a crit, you then roll a hundred sided die or two tens, which is the equivalent, and wherever that falls, that's what happens on the crit table, and on the crit table it goes from you know something you know stupid like you shoot him in the foot to all the way to you literally an arrow goes in one ear and out the other the the creature drops dead instantly. The fun part about it was that that crit table not only applied when you did a crit, but it also applied when something else did a crit to you. And there were several different crit tables, one for one for arrows, one for, um, well, there was one for range and then one for, for melee. And it was just really cool because it gave you a brief description of what happened on that table, but then whatever you decided to say as a DM is like the actual story or the, the actual thing that happened. And what happened is one of the guys had a sling and he spun it around, threw it, got a crit, hit this thing. I think we were fighting a bear. And in the crit, in the table part, it just said, you know, like, did five extra points of damage, you know, a massive blow or something like that. Uh, and I could still remember to this day how he described it. He's, you know, so he sits there and he kind of stares down at his book for a second, reads it. He goes, okay, so you release this missile it flies through the air and it sh- it hits this bear in the side of the face with such force the bullet actually shattered on his face and you can see where there's just bits of rock now sticking in the side of the bear's head and just the way he described it as we were sitting there and you know his, his lead up and description of the bear and stuff was really cool too but just as he described it as he described what was going on there that really sunk with me of like man I love that you know just that attention to detail that little extra extra nuance that you give there you know it wasn't in the book just kind of kind of threw it out there just just to make it seem more realistic and more fantastic now that sounds awesome i've i've played a game that has a crit table in it before and that would be something even if it's like a homebrew crit table that would be pretty fun yeah i mean not not to say that D crits aren't aren't fun well, that's, I mean, you, you heard my homebrew rule, which the homebrew rule is um, whatever your damage dice is. So if you do 1d6 plus 2 damage, a crit does whatever that crit die, or whatever that die is, max damage, and then you roll damage on top of that. So instead of it being 1d6 plus 2, it's 1d6 plus 8. So it just gives you that extra damage instantaneously. And I just thought that that was, like, you do a crit, like, I hate doing a critical, unless, of course, I'm rolling on a table, and then I'm, I, for some odd reason, I'm okay with it, because then, you know, it's like, well, hey, now I'm, I'm rolling the bones, and, oh, well, the crit turned out to be kind of wimpy, but, hey, I still did damage. But I hate it, I hate it when I was playing D&D, especially in 3-5, where I would roll a crit, and then I would roll ones on my damage. And would just be like, well, shit, <laughs> it, it didn't critical, I just barely pissed this thing off. Yeah. So that's why. So what you're saying is you critically irritated it. Exactly. Yeah, I gave it like a, a case of crabs. Like a mosquito. It's like, ah, I 
hate you. Does anyone else have stories about the the different DMs that they like? Uh, not stories, just the type of GM. Uh, I like my my campaigns to uh, be led by someone who's challenging. It actually comes from like the older uh, generation of uh, GMs, but not so impossibly difficult. Where they're you know they're still fair about uh, the monsters we're fighting. Right. For example, we had one who played uh, it was you know three or three point five. And uh, we're like level ones, and we go into this mining village in the side of the mountain that's been raided by goblins. And it turns out there's like 150 of them just sitting in this town. And I'm like, there's no way we're gonna survive this. Like my experience in the past, like we we get obliterated, but uh, you know we we still managed to to kill off all the the goblins. But at the same time, they had brought in some of the older mechanics in with in a combination with the five edition of D that i'm used to and you had to watch your line of sight because i accidentally shot our dwarven warrior in the ass two times with arrows um so yeah check your aim now see line of sight is something that as i've been reading through on 5e i'm a little bit like it seems line of sight only comes into play or, or that becomes an issue when two characters are engaged in combat and you're firing at them. Which doesn't make sense to me because if I've got somebody standing in front of me and I'm shooting, like, fuck. <laughs> you know, I, I can't shoot through you and hit the other guy and not do damage to you. Yeah, it requires some uh, some level of thought. You just can't just fire an arrow. That's what I had to learn quickly uh, in that campaign. We we still came out alive. We, um, he he called he called in backup NPCs to help you know lessen the blows here and there, and he'd even change the the dice rolls uh, on occasion. Things that would it it felt challenging, but wasn't so unfair that we'd die within like the first two turns. Well, that actually yeah. So are like how do you feel about leveled challenges? So like for instance, you start off at level one. The characters you're fighting, or the the creatures you're fighting, are fairly easy. You know, just kind of get your feet oh, wet. Yeah. But then, as you start gaining up in levels, the challenges <clears throat> get harder and harder and so harder. My campaigns have never lasted long enough to make those challenges apparent to me. So I don't know how a GM would 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 handle that in, in a later campaign. I do know that with novice GMs, they they design their campaign in a way that we fought like an orc lieutenant. And he one-shot our warrior. And I'm like, uh, and this is a Pathfinder game, uh, campaign. And we're like, well, there goes one party member already. And that that's like the balancing that needs to be really fine-tuned for, for players, especially if people who have never played, you know, D&D before, which we had a few new members. Mm. So, like, I, I don't know. Level of difficulty is, is an issue I've seen with, with fresh campaigns and newer GMs. What about you, Arkel? You got any any DM styles or DM traits that you really like like stand out to you as you really dig? None that I can recall. Um, but I definitely recommend for those people who want to be DMs to look up just a good like storytelling tactics in general. You know, uh, anything that can be kind of entertaining. You know, which you could do by trial and error. But uh, there are a lot of like resources on youtube or whatever to help you kind of like get the pace of a storyline you know clipping at the right amount or whatever but yeah the, anybody that can tell a decent story 
is probably going to have good luck as being the DM. Mm. I was just saying, I, I haven't really had those experiences yet. It was fun, but it was more just because I was in the company of friends. You know, I don't remember the storyline so much. <laughs> about you, D? Any uh, any traits? Anything from a DM that you're like, man, that really stuck out to me? Is like, I love it when they do that. What I really like is um, a DM that's focused a lot on story. You know what I mean? And uh, you know, keeps has at least a good good story and black plan. If you know, even if the players decide not to follow, but I also like it when they, you know, they don't go out the way to kill you, but they let the pieces fall where they lie. Like it's like you know, they're not going to try to kill you when you when you attack a couple goblins. But if you're like, I'm going to go shoot a dragon at level one, you're going to die. I mean, yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. I like it when they're fair. Like they don't try to rescue you for the sake of. You know, like almost where you can't die because you're the heroes, or or going full on just trying to kill you. I, I like that kind of like midway point where it's like, well, I'm not gonna try to kill you, but if you do something dumb and you make bad decisions, well, there you go. Okay, that reminds me of a story that I may have told on the show before or not, but it was actually with a friend of you're, mine, Solomon. You're cutting in and out so bad, dude. I've got thunderstorms in this area, man. So I easily I got stuff going okay. on. Sorry. Is it gonna? Re- it's gonna record on your end, though, right? Yeah, yeah, you'll hear everything on my end. My, okay. my end will be fine. Okay. Um, anywho, so I may have told this story before. If I have, sorry, but uh, it was a friend of mine, Solomon. He was talking about his friend who was DMing. And his one character, like, okay, so they had a bunch of characters. And at level one, they had all these different things. And one of them had a magic sword. And this magic sword, any time that he felt threatened that sword would appear in his hand. No matter what, no matter where it was, that sword would appear in his hand. It wasn't like a really strong sword. It was like your basic long sword. Uh, But, you know, if he felt threatened in any way, shape, or form, boom, that sword would instantly be in his hand. So they were playing, they were up in front of, I think, I think they were in the king's court or something like that, and they were talking to the king to get information, or they had just got an audience with the king, and they were, or a general or something like that. They just got an audience, and they're getting this information, and that one guy is being a bit of a dick. So, of course, you know, the, the, the general or king or whoever in suit, you know, responds back, you know, with, like, well, what is this insolence? How dare you talk to me this way? And intimidates him, you know, rolls an intimidation roll, and the dude fails the DC to, to save against it. So he felt threatened. Well, instantly, of course, since they were had all their weapons, you know, possessed before, instantly that sword jumps into his hand, and now the guy's like all getting pissed off. He was like, "You dare draw a weapon in my court against me!" So he pulls out his sword and he cuts the fucker down like in one swipe. And the guy got all pissed. He's like, "Why the hell did you let that happen?" It's like, what do you mean, why did I let that happen? You pulled the sword on a fucking general. What did you expect to happen? I didn't do that. Yes, you did. You talk smack. He intimidated you. You pulled the sword. <laughs> I just thought it was a. I just thought that was an interesting, like, anecdote there for that. Man, I'd hate to be that guy with a uh, being a really nervous virgin for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! All of a sudden, skewers the chick. Oh shit! No, and that's like like that's one of the things I definitely liked about about some of the DMs. I well, there's there's another thing. Things I hate about DMs. I hate it when they do exactly what you were describing of. They just fudge the numbers just to keep everybody alive. And it just, it almost, you know, it makes you, as a player, you know, for those players who just want to be cavalier and run blindly into danger and, 
you know, say, fuck it. Okay, yeah, if you're, if you're that type of player, it's great. Yeah, you'll never die. You basically have infinite ammo on or whatever. Or, um, not IDKFA, IDDQD and Doom. You know, you're pretty much... <laughs> yeah, you're just fucking invincible. You're never going to die. And I always fucking hated that. Like, if I do something dumb in a game, I expect something dumb to happen to me. If I pull a sword on a general, I expect that I'm not going to be lasting much longer. It depends what kind of game it is. Yeah. Because um, if you're like if you're playing the type of game where it like sets you up to be like the the hero of the universe or whatever, right? You expect to maybe be able to take out other generals and stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it really depends. Maybe not, maybe not immediately, of course, but I'm just saying like that's what you're supposed to be destined to become. Kind of yeah, or like your campaign has progressed so much that you know you're like right. level twenties when not in. Yeah. I actually just came up with a cool idea for DMing. You give the option that, yeah, we can play, you can play that Cavalier stuff where you'll get revived or saved or somehow. Mm-hmm. But each time you do, something bad happens, like your character will end up with like a disability, like a shriveled arm or something he can't use. Yeah. That's a good oh, idea. or you become a eunuch. Yeah, exactly. Your nipples just chafe real bad. <laughs> Oh, okay. yeah, I wasn't going to go chafing. that far. I wasn't going to go that far. That, that's just any me. amount of physical <laughs> activity is just ex- extremely uncomfortable. Yeah, you now take disadvantage on all rolls because of nipple chafing. <laughs> but yeah, the more times you get revived, the more you're just <laughs> disabled and, and and all kinds of effed up until you really can't contribute much. So I was looking into some homebrew rules for Five E, um, and there were some interesting dismemberment rules that I think I might try to incorporate in. Because uh, there was, I, I was reading, it was it was about criticals. I gotta see if I can pull that up and reread it, because I was, I was super interested. It was on Reddit. It was under the DMing part. And it was a, uh, it was a, it was a crit table. So if you get a crit, and a crit happens to bring you down to zero health, instead of going unconscious, or if a crit, no, that was it. If a crit if a hit was going to kill you, meaning that it was going to do enough damage to instantly kill you, instead of being instantly killed, you could roll off of this chart, and this chart was like all sorts of dismemberments, like lost an arm, you or lost a, a hand, you can only do one-handed weapons now, or lost a leg, you now have a peg leg, or lost an eye, you take disadvantage on shots and shit like that. Blind archer. <laughs> well, I just thought that that was a really cool... Like, for those Cavalier people who want to just run in blindly and they're going to get the shit kicked out of them all the time. You're all right, well, you didn't die, but you lost your hand. But you can punish your players. You can keep yeah. them alive, but you can punish them. It was essentially, like, my character that I played with that I talked about before was essentially that oxymoron. Because, he like, anything shiny, he would just immediately become fascinated with and attack, like, a, like a parakeet in a cage or whatever. So, like, That's treasure was useless to him. <laughs> So it was like a giant Mr. Figs. Yeah, this stupid shit. Yeah, that actually just reminded me of, it's a, I think it's the Tremere of the Vampire the Masquerade clans. Uh, I I think it's Tremere. It's one of the, it's one of them. But uh, they have this, each clan has their own disadvantage or flaw. And theirs happens to be that they are enamored by some sort of beauty or object or something like that. So if they see anything that's completely just, it catches their attention, they go off into fucking la-la land. Yeah, the be, artsy clan. Yeah, they could be driving down the road, and all of a sudden they're like, oh man, look at that fucking wall there, that's fucking majestic, right. and bam, they hit into the back of a truck. 
Yeah. Or even worse, which I actually played a game where this where, the, where this happened. They got caught up on sunrise. And they were looking at the sunrise, and man, that sunrise is so fucking beautiful. And the sun came up and scorched them all to death, like, cooked them. That's awesome. Yeah, uh, just some funny shit that were happens. Were they, like, staring at it through a microscope or something? No, no, they were standing outside, because everybody was, like, getting ready to go inside. They hung back for a minute or something. And they were vampires, every, dude. Yeah, as everybody else was walking inside, so this is they like just a, turned the surface of this planet is, like, deadly or something. No, no, it's Vampire the Masquerade. Oh, 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 they're vampires. That makes yeah. way more sense. <laughs> I was trying to figure, in my head, I was like, why the fuck would the sun just scorch them? Like, it's that one planet in Chronicles of Riddick. It was the angry sun from Super Mario 3. Fuck them up. And then Mercury. <laughs> or Venus. You're not seeing a sun, sunrise from Venus. I'm high, and even I know they're not seeing a sunrise on Venus. True, true. <laughs> <laughs> but it will rain sulfuric acid. They'll definitely get fucked up, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> They'll need to be high to see a sunrise on Venus. Yeah. Well, oh, shit. Would, yeah. No, any, 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 other, uh, any other anecdotes or stories of DMs, things that they hate, things that you like? Uh, I Are haven't we? had enough time playing D&D. I mean, I've played it for years and years and years, but it's mostly been the same DM. Uh, aside from one other, which was Mo, and he was fantastic, and now into your game. Uh, the things that I really like about Mo and your game is you're very expressive about the details around us for the most part. When we walk into the town, here is what we see, and it's laid out like this, and it's blah, 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 fantastic, I know where I'm going, I know what's around me. And then I can go from there and explore. I've had a DM that wasn't so great on details. Hey, Cecil, you escaped out of the city, but now that you're coming back, by the way, there's a 10-foot fucking wooden fence all the way around the entire thing, and there's four entry points. Wait a minute, was that there before? Yeah, that was really fun. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot of goods and bads. And I think, you know, if you ever find one of those DMs that are just that fucking fantastic you just gotta like i don't know you just gotta blow them or something and be like yeah you're you're always gonna be my dm if you move i'm moving with you i don't care oh god Man, damn they're really hard to find gotta we, keep them in the basement we had that in mo until brandon made his fucking girlfriend cry and then i guess like six months ish maybe a year later they caught up with Mo, and he had dumped the girlfriend, and they went and played a game, but, you know, I was no longer there, so. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, shit. On that note, article, where can people find you at, man? We don't Seriously, know you, 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 you may have to, You may have to message us who's supposed to talk, because <laughs> you went, like, I, silent. I think you might have lost power, maybe. Oh, can you hear me nice. now? Yes, yeah. we can. Now we can. There we go. Hey, article. Now, on that note, where can people find you at? Uh, here at This Is Article and Xbox Live Outstanding CF2. Stands for Clusterfuck. I had somebody the other day who thought that stood for Cuntfucker. And I was like, I can't believe I have to correct this. Because they're both explicit. But, I don't know, it's just weird. That's about it. I thought it stood for Outstanding Can't Fathom. But, yeah, that was just me. What was it? Can't fathom. Oh no, it's clusterfuck. The Logical. sequel. 
I should say, it, it, it's clusterfuck the sequel. <laughs> it's supposed to suggest that it's happened multiple times, yeah. <laughs> what about you, Daymok? Where can people find you at? Uh, well, I used to be trolling the Discord as a ghost, but uh, apparently that jig is up. But you'll just find me in the Discord. Nice. What about you, D? Where can people find you at? People can find me on my website, Microbrew Gamers, with a Z instead of an S, dot com. They can also find me, same thing, Microbrew Gamers, on YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, Instagram. I've got a Facebook account. Also, I've got my own Discord, but usually I'm mostly on the GNA Podcast Discord, with a little bit of haunting on TPC. Uh, yeah, dude, Mulehorn Gamings, Slow Speed Run, and Josh of All Trades, and a bunch more. Very nice. What you call? Where can we find you at, man? You find me here exclusively at the GNA Podcast Discord. Very cool. And I am Cecil Xavier, your host. You can find me on Cecil vs. Games uh, on Twitter, Cecil Xavier everywhere else. Facebook, Ustream, uh, Twitch, Mixer, fucking everywhere. That's where you can find me at. You can also find me on all the different discords. TPC, GI Dude Gamers, Battle Sloss, uh, Josh Fall Trades. I'm all over the place there, too. We hope you enjoyed the show. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Reviews help people find the show. So if you enjoy listening to us, let other people know. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play Music, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, Player FM, Spreaker, MyTuner, YourListen, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. If we're not someplace... Let us know where that is. We'll upload there, too. You can follow us on Twitter or Facebook by just searching at GNA Podcast. You can join the Discord chat. Just see the pinned tweet. We do game show night every first Saturday of the month. We do that on Mixer.com forward slash GNA Podcast. We play some... We just play some Jackbox games, give away some Steam codes. There's a summer sale on now, so I'll probably have a fucking extra plethora of those Steam codes now, too. That'll fucking suck. <laughs> Anywho... Uh, we're partnered with Humble Bundle. Hey, uh, D, can you tell us about Humble Bundle? I don't want it. Tag, you're it. <laughs> no, I was just messing. Doing the Jon Snow thing. I don't want it. All right, uh, Humble Bundle is a game purchasing website that we at GNI Podcast have partnered with. I'm trying to remember it out of me brain meats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I didn't, I didn't post it or anything anywhere in the last five minutes. <laughs> You, you, you didn't put on there, so uh, it'll give me just a minute, and I can definitely. Bro, it's in the chat. You man. purchase games like normally <laughs> would with a twist. <laughs> you choose what part goes to the publisher, to humble bundle, or to charity. I was just, I was just trying to get time to, to bring it up to find it. Yeah, yeah. You can give it all or to charity if you want, or none of it. Your call. Just throw that partner. Uh, that question mark partner equals GNA Podcast at the end of your Humble Bundle link before you buy to let them know that we sent you that way. You gotta make sure that they know so we can keep giving us those links to give out. So, so far this month, we have raised $28.06 for charity. Oh, that's nice. Like, seriously, did I make that too complicated of a read? Do I need to dumb that down or something? Not at all. What, <laughs> 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 I thought it was no, fundamental. No, I had to find it to read it. Oh, to remember it? You're on a show with a bunch of drunks. <laughs> what do you point. think? Uh, do you like anime? Because we do. Join us every Wednesday night at 19.30 Eastern Standard Time for Anime Night, hosted by Blue Shark, which we are still, we're finishing up. Is it okay? Oh, shit. I'm going to mess this up. Is it okay to pick up girls in a dungeon? Shit. What the hell's the name of it? 
Is it wrong to try to pick up girls in a dungeon? There we go. We're on episode 13. We're going to be finishing out the rest of that. And we've got a vote going for what anime is next. So if you're listening and you want to take a vote, jump in the Discord chat and slap a vote on there. We pinned it to the anime chat. So all you got to do is just take a look at pinned messages and take a vote on it. Figure out which one you want to do. And we'll be starting that one up, not this next week coming up, but the weekend following that, or the week following that. We'll start that up. Uh, we want to thank Morgan BS Photography for our new logo and artwork. Check him out at morganbs.com. Email us at GNA Podcast at GNA and your DNA.1 with questions, comments, death threats. We don't care. We just want to hear from you. We just don't want this Arabian Prince showing up anymore. Last but not least, check out our website at www.com. We no longer get laid.com. Too many fucking D&D stories. Or uh, gnapodcast.com. <laughs> Have a good night, guys. Have a good Bye. night. Bye.